0: Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off, Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple
1: hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Time you're an investigator, more or less. Today, because if you're a curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm a your boss. Or else
0: you might feel a moment of true happiness.
1: You got already eviction the eviction and a brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it where I was nearly tortured to death. Becoming evil again. your demon hunter. bro demon hunter. Brood. And kill everyone.
2: It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound.
1: Thanks, Cornelia. I always appreciate
0: beer all over my hand so and my notes ah
2: well this has been another episode of A with angel everybody i'm josh
0: i'm rex
2: have a great evening i need a towel
0: <laughs>
2: that's what she said oh this episode's starting off really great
0: welcome to a with angel i'm rex i'm josh today we are reviewing season one
2: episode eight i will remember you damn right and you'll probably remember that this is probably like, I don't know, I want to say the sixth out of eight times that we've recorded that we have not had a proper bottle open sound effect. Yeah. But you know what? We are just sluts for the black metal stout from it's so good. Elk Brewing Company. One of these days we're going to get some Brutus. They had it on nitro. I couldn't get them to put it in a crowler for me. That's I what see. they did with these huge ass cans. They're just like, Oh, I can just put it in this can for you and you can take it with you. And I'm like, Well that can is approximately the size of King Kong. <laughs> yeah. It's a ten dollar can of motherfucking beer, everybody. Holding this can
0: makes me feel like I'm a five year old holding like when <laughs> yes. I was five and I had to go get
2: my dad's beer. Exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's a bit it's dribbly. It's still it was dribbly last time as well. What are you gonna do? Anyway, welcome to ALE with Angel. Yep, we're having a
0: little bit of beer malfunction.
2: It's totally the first
0: time this has ever happened to me. It's never happened to me, baby, I swear.
2: <laughs> well, except for the last time that it happened, also on Ill with Angel. So, real quick shout out to all of our executive producers on Patreon. We have Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kfro Gnome, Father Finistrato, Alexandria Ware von Brunt, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathak, Carol Jude, Alley from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you all very much. Some of them pay us to name their cats. Yeah. Uh, one of them actually recently upped their subscription rate so that we will name another cat for them, which we are more than happy to do. I mean, honestly, if you've already paid for the cat naming service once, we would probably be happy to do that again if you simply request yes. it. If you're, if you're paying that $5 monthly fee, um, you know what? We're just cool like that. We're pretty good guys, I like to think.
0: Let's be honest.
2: The whole cat naming service was a joke. We're happy to do it. It's fun. Absolutely. But it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of our thing. Yeah. We take jokes and then we take them a little too far because it's more funny. Yes. That's how comedy works, right? <laughs> Somebody told me that one time. I believed them. And I have a degree in theater, everybody.
0: It's very evident of everything I know about you as a person.
2: That my theater degree is a complete sham?
0: I mean, that, yes. But also that you take things just one step further. Uh, and yeah. that's why it's funny.
2: It's what keeps me alive, <laughs> man.
0: Hey, Josh. Yes, Rex? I have a pun for you. Oh,
2: fuck. What's your pun, Rex? Oh, it's just a play on words. <laughs> wow i i'm impressed that you were that you were able to get the response that you needed to land that joke with little more than a wave of your hand implying that i should you know fill in a gap yes i was like i don't know what you're what you're digging for but here you go i was sitting on that for a while trying to like how can, I'm gonna
0: just have to go for it and hope that he <laughs> asks the right question. Like
2: longer than last recording?
0: No, I thought about it between the previous two recordings, and I wanted to do it last recording, but I hadn't quite figured out how to handle it. Okay, and so you you sat
2: it. on it for a whole episode. then.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, that is not a thing I'm good at. That's funny. I yeah, I've sat on a couple of things before. It's isn't that fun when you get the long term payoff. Yeah. You sick fuck. <laughs> So we don't have any reviews to read today from iTunes. Just a fair word of warning, there will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth as we await further reviews. Meantime, we're going to punish you all with voicemails from River Crystal Sam for your insolence. (laughs) Sorry, Fire Grace. I know you did everything you possibly could to prevent this, but sometimes the masses ruin it for the few. What can I say?
0: But yeah. That being said, I really enjoy the voicemails because it allows us to kind of go back and talk about previous things that we talked about. Because after every time we record,
2: there's always shit that comes up in my head. And that's usually the kind of things that people call in on us about. Yeah. Like, hey, remember that thing that you didn't think through or cover very well? Well, how about that? So I'm glad you enjoy it. I enjoy it as well. Fire Grace specifically will be fast forwarding through this segment. That is your God given right. Yeah. And I don't even believe in God. Moving along, this is another three part epic saga. <laughs> she just keeps finding rings that she needs to drop off at Mount Doom. <laughs> And she just shits them right onto us. She she went to the store and she got a big discount bag. <laughs> hey, somebody must be hoarding all of those bookmarks that actually had a little replica of the one ring attached to them on a string. I bought one. It, it turned my finger green. They had to have known people were going to wear those. They had to have.
0: But anyway, voicemails. Yeah. River Crystal
2: Sam's messages. Here's the first one.
1: Hey, Josh! Hey Rex! Um, it's River Crystal Sam. I am not dead. I've been moving the last couple of weeks from South Carolina back to the Midwest, and now I'm all settled. yay, y'all are doing it with Angel. I'm so fucking happy. yay, it's happening. I'm excited <laughs> as far as naming ladybugs. um, I vote Picklebot. That's just fucking adorable. I love you guys. On that note, I'm getting ferrets soon. So y'all should help me come up with names. Your dad synopsis? I like... Honestly, the mom synopsis is what kept me listening the first couple episodes. And the dad synopsis, I get the switch. I do. But I do miss the mom synopsis, too. I have notes that I wrote when I was sober, and now I'm drunk, so I'm kind of looking at them. And it's, I have, what is moose drool? Also, Josh, your accents are good. Don't give up. Don't give up. Even the shitty angel-esque Irish accent that keeps on coming up and will keep on coming up because we're an angel now. Yes, please keep doing that.
2: By the way, did you all notice the last time we did this... That I used my vocal beeps instead of the beep sound effect. I thought that was hilarious. I noticed it. I slay me. Uh, congratulations on not being dead. Yeah, thank uh, you. We were not sure where we were ever going to get voicemails again if you uh, we were.
0: Kinda, I guess, maybe. C- congratulations on moving back to the Midwest.
2: Yeah, I hope you're ready to be passive aggressive and have a really weird work ethic. And overly nice. Yeah, but not really nice. Well,
0: nice is not kind. Nice <laughs> is nice. Oh, kind is kind. You're right.
2: <laughs> Big distinction. See if you can figure out which one means which. Anyway, yeah, welcome back. I'm glad that you liked the name Picklebutt. <laughs> yeah. I liked it too. At least I think that's what you said. I don't remember what the names actually were, but sorry to inform you, you don't get to vote on our names. We already voted on our own names and picked them, and they have already been applied to To the creatures that they were picked for by us with our executive authority of naming things that are supposed to be cats, but not necessarily always cats. Yeah, because apparently you want a ferret named. We'd be be happy to name a ferret for you. I think to be fair to the other uh, patrons, we're going to need you to at least give us a a one-time payment of $5, but you have given us a lot of voicemail material. That'll be $5. <laughs> uh, yes, Moosterul is a beer. Yes, it's or a very b- good I was beer. Pretty sure we covered that. It's delicious. It's from Missoula, Montana. You should go there and get some. You don't have to go there to get some, but it probably tastes better the closer you get to the brewery. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Now, River Crystal Sam,
0: you have failed to consider one of the most important rules when dealing with Josh, and that is don't compliment Josh. He doesn't
2: need more ego. Especially after midnight. (laughs) I turn into an egomaniac gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) More compliments. (laughs) It's
0: also why we can't feed you coffee after noon.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Definitely along the same spectrum of rules for dealing with Josh in real life. But so, um, what's that about these accents being good? I need more details, please. No. Can you be more specific? I need it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know the dad synopsis isn't landing quite as well as the mom synopsis, but it's, it's coming along. It's getting better. It's... You know, I will I d- say this. I did the surprise mom synopsis a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Eat it. Which, uh, fun
0: fact, with the way our release dates go and the way our recording schedule goes, uh, your voicemails came to us before you heard that episode. But you've heard it by the time that you've heard this response to your voicemails. So.
2: Yes, good call. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I'm actually not being sarcastic. I know I have resting sarcastic voice. But <laughs> anyway, message number two.
1: So you guys are talking about how the heartworm parasite, the fact that it only switches from male to female or female to male. And the thing is, like, I would have loved for it to be all not cis-hetero, but being the era that it was, I mean, think about it. Willow and Tara were the first lesbian TV kiss, and that was like all of what, season four, Buffy? So we're thinking 99, 2000, maybe? Um, TV just wasn't progressive enough, and maybe Joss was. Maybe he pitched it, and they asked him to change it. I don't know who knows? Either way, the era just wasn't progressive enough. I would have loved her bisexual heartworm parasite monster, but the fact that Angel is a different episode, a uh, different show from Buffy. Have you guys noticed that every time Buffy shows up, and maybe it'll come up in different episodes, of course I've watched ahead, um, but Buffy's super fucking immature anytime time she, she shows up at Angel. And it's just, oh my god, grow the fuck up, Buffy. Either that or I'm just an adult now? I I don't know. It's hard to watch it in teenage eyes as of now. But
2: so yeah, I we'd have loved it if it was a bisexual parasitic heartworm as well instead of the disgusting cis hetero. It's like, come on, you've got enough representation. You stupid cis hetero heartworm. (laughs) Very not progressive. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, Yes. Maybe someday, you know, maybe the year 2020 can give us a bisexual or even, I don't know, pansexual parasitic heartworm. Yeah. Throw a couple other fun terms out there about sexuality that most people aren't familiar with. uh, Demisexual? God, a a demisexual
0: parasitic heartworm would die because (laughs) they just, it, it takes so long. Like, it takes a very long time to to really emotionally warm up to somebody. Those worms went extinct. That's an evolutionary. Okay, thing.
2: but we're just trying to list different types of anyway, yeah, we're gonna get there someday. We're gonna have ourselves a bisexual parasitic heartworm president. I swear to you. <laughs> we're gonna make that happen.
0: We can't be worse than what we got.
2: <laughs> I really can't. So buffy, immature. I see where you're coming from. We're definitely going to cover that in a little bit of detail in this episode. Yes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Message three. Beep.
1: I just finished episode four. Two things. I got to disagree with you, Rex. The villain for this one, speaking as a chick, as a woman, I found this villain super fucking creepy and super scary. Just the the premise terrifies me. You know, I'm glad it's rooted in fantasy, but kind of with Corey. You know, although I will say, an important distinction: stalking is not fucking dating. Um, stalking is a whole separate thing, but it does stem from dating. And I've I've been in a situation um, that could have been made so much worse with detachable fucking body parts. So maybe it's just because you're a dude. I don't know, but revisit that perspective. And Josh. Yeah, go with Jesus its Christ. That's my vote. The dude has been done. Um, Yes, the costume would be super comfortable, but you can still have all the white Russians you want as Jesus its Christ. I think Jesus its Christ would be much more creative. Can't wait to hear the next episode, guys. I'm already, like, a full season ahead of you. Sorry, I binge watch it. I don't know how to watch it any other fucking way. Anyway, miss you guys. Keep doing what you do. Really glad that you're doing Able and an Angel. Glad to see we're all kind of surviving the pandemic. Be safe. Wear a mask. Wash your fucking hands. Later.
2: So the villain, not being scary. Oh, that's all on you, Rex. This
0: is what I was talking about, being
2: able to reassess and
0: kind of revisit a thought. Specifically, she's referring to just a couple of lines that I, in my closing statements about the episode. And re-listening to it, I can see how my response was very, let's say, very privileged.
2: Cold? Unfeeling? Well, patriarchal.
0: It kind of. But, well, just privileged, because, truth be told, I've never dealt with a scary, crazy stalker. Yeah. And I'm not likely to. Mm -hmm. I have dealt with crazy people before, but not that kind.
2: So yeah, it wasn't scary to him, but he's an asshole.
0: So the biggest thing that I I think I was really trying to touch on, and I did not do a very good job of doing so, is that from the like monster movie thriller bad guy trope standpoint, it's not a traditionally scary monster. Yeah, It's creepy and definitely hits a lot of notes for a lot of the audience, I'm sure, that I just don't experience firsthand, but it's not any sense of, like, traditionally terrifying, if that, if that makes sense.
2: It does. I get what you're saying. I don't think I even necessarily understood that you meant it that way when we recorded the episode. But yeah, your privilege is showing. Yeah. Also, so is your weenus, you disgusting With asshole. Venus? It's the skin on your elbow. It's pretty much always showing, oh, yeah. unless you're wearing a long sleeve shirt.
0: Which I am not.
2: Yeah, we both got naked weenuses right now. <laughs> It's kind of a sausage fest up in here right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so you think I should go as Jesus Christ because it's more original. I accept that argument, and it actually has slightly changed my view on that because I really was leaning way towards the dude. And I've honestly never seen anybody else dress as the dude, though. I have. Yeah? Uh, I have. Yeah. I, it makes sense to me that there would be a lot of assholes out there doing that.
0: Oh, yeah. I think she has fully convinced me. <laughs> because it is very ri- original.
2: But more importantly, it's very you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would definitely be more fun at a party. people it's something that's gonna get people to laugh. yes, not go, wait, what are you?
0: Okay, so this is an aspect that we don't really or the audience doesn't get to really hear that much in you being you. Um <laughs> <laughs> Josh. As a person, is very colorful in his uh, exclamations, shall we say. Oh, yeah,
2: that doesn't really come up on the podcast much. (laughs) It really doesn't. Jesus, tadpole toboggan monkeys.
0: Yeah, there you go. There Uh, it is. (laughs) But, like, Christ on a Cracker comes up quite often for you. Oh, that's
2: that's baseline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Cheez-It's Christ... That is so in line with your exclamation humor.
2: Cheese, you guys. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, also, Crystal, your privilege is showing because you get to binge watch <laughs> Angel and Buffy as much as you want. We, on the other hand, we're basically Buffy and Angel priests. We have sworn ourselves <laughs> to a life of celibacy where we don't get the privilege of binging that shit anymore. I can't even sit through an entire episode without having to stop it every 30 seconds to take notes. Yeah. You're welcome. Right before I moved, we actually
0: sat and watched Once More with Feeling with a friend of ours mm-hmm. that's, who had never seen it before. That's the
2: only one that we get to just watch straight through and it doesn't really matter because we already have all the lyrics memorized anyway. Yeah, I think I don't like binging. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't like binging. I think it's a horrible thing. But it's for our society. So
0: easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it is very easy to do, and they're fucking designing shows that way now. Yeah, and streaming services are based on expecting us to binge things. But it's bad for you. Okay, don't do it because we said so. Signed. I think it's so
0: much that it's bad for you. I think it's. It's really not the ideal way to take in such a, a work of art.
2: All right. Signed, Josh from Ale with Angel. I was going to say signed with Josh and Rex from Ale with Angel, <laughs> but Rex is being difficult. So never mind. I, to
0: be fair, I'm always difficult.
2: What?
0: On that note, I think we can move on from the voicemails. What would you like to move on to, Rex? I think it's parental
2: synopsis time. Yay! <laughs> Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just bearing a burden that no one else remembers. I have no idea what you're talking about. The old macaroni bowl upstairs isn't as squelchy as it used to be. (laughs) Holy vivid, Dad. Uh, What about that time you came to Kalamazoo for work and didn't even bother to say hi to your children that you hadn't seen in several months? What? I did that? All right, all right. I mean... I was busy, what do you want from me? (coughs) A father? You got one! I make selfish, condescending decisions that affect your fate all the time without you ever having a clue. I'm a fucking adult, Dad. That's right, and it's my job to make sure that I treat you like a fragile toddler your whole life because I didn't watch you grow up. God, it's like you're not even human. So what if I was? What am I supposed to learn valuable lessons and change my behavior and become a better person or some shit? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh like your precious angel cuz cuz he's learning so much from his mistakes. Valid point. <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> So I'm out in my car now, guys, because I just can't even deal with that anymore. And, uh, but no, seriously, today on, uh, today's episode of Angel, Angel and Buffy almost get to have one last amazing romp together with the. Too good to be true promise of a real shot at a lifetime of happiness together. This happens because Angel soaks up some magical demon blood in a seemingly routine demon hunt. The regenerative demon blood turns him human, which Doyle is able to help him confirm with a trip to the realm of the gods or some such nonsense where some Roman looking immortal dudes and a a chick woman person tell him that he's off scot-free to live a mortal life angel promptly screws the pudding pooch with his white knight martyr ways and okay actually some sound logic as well buffy is devastated but she won't remember anything anyway after they turn back time 24 hours for angel to prevent the event from ever happening he alone bears the memory of the event, adding just one more straw to his already overburdened broody camel's back. <laughs> the end. Overburdened broody camel's back. That is correct. I like it. You're welcome. Ladies,
1: gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures, as soon as the sun goes down, down, down,
2: So I just want to run over a couple of things of some relevant things that happened in the episode pangs that this is a heavy crossover episode okay, with. Yes. Of course. First of all, I think obviously the most relevant thing. Xander's penis got diseases from a Chumas tribe. Yeah. His penis got diseases from a shumash tribe. Yeah. That's very important. Remember yes. that for later. And basically the rest of it. Like that whole episode, I have lots of lines here that I could read off, but I'm not gonna because every single one of them bears a very strong theme of Angel finding fucking everybody in Sunnydale that Buffy knows and saying, hey, we can't let Buffy know that I was here. But then literally everybody knows that Angel was there. So even Giles and Willow have this conversation where they're like, he's not being very stealthy, is he? So, yeah, Buffy, Xander, Anya, Giles, even fucking Spike, I think, figures it out at some point. Like, he ends up not even really helping in any way other than he kills a couple of the dudes outside in the ending scene. Yeah. Other than that, he just sticks his nose into some shit and makes some very poor, immature decisions. He sticks his dick in the pudding. He stuck his dick right in the pudding. So we'll cover that more later. (laughs) because <laughs> it doesn't matter how good the pudding is nobody's gonna want to eat it because you put your dick in it cold open to angel's office he's looking at his desk well he's winding well, a clock first yep first he's winding a clock a really nice uh mantle clock
0: actually. yeah i've always wanted a really nice mantle clock takes
2: a special key it, it sounded and looked like it felt very satisfying to wind this clock
0: Yeah, and he's smart enough not to overwind it. A lot of people overwind their clocks.
2: Right, he only gave it two good cranks and then called it a day.
0: You don't really need much more than that. Yeah, I believe it. But no, he's very uh, meticulously adjusting his desk.
2: And he lets a pencil roll down it, and I'm like, wow, that must be a very unlevel desk. Yes. Cut over to Cordelia and Doyle, who are speculating as to his well-being, considering he just went and saw Buffy.
0: Yeah, and Cordy specifically thinks that he's going to be Broody McBroody Pants, Ah. because, you know, A, he's Angel,
2: B, he saw Buffy. You know, that's good math. God damn it, Cordy. Don't you see how broody my pants are? (laughs) I just went to McDonald's and I ordered a McDonald's brutish sausage muffin. <laughs> they didn't have any. It made me more broody. So, anyway, he pulls out a steak. <laughs> and Cordy and Doyle panic and they run in and just like, "It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Dude, do it, man. Don't do it." It's like, "What? Level my desk with this wooden steak?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's the <laughs> ideal tool for that, jackass." Uh, it's
0: so not ideal for one very specific reason in that he he levels his desk but he leaves the the stake sticking out where he's going to
2: walk around his desk right so he's going to kick the damn thing yeah anyway it, i didn't buy it definitely didn't buy it come on down to the plot hole emporium <laughs> <laughs> where sometimes when a character is about to commit suicide he needs some sort of excuse to get out of it so he just sticks that murder weapon right under his desk and says oh it wasn't level I didn't prepare for this once.
0: <laughs> no, I think a, a better out from that
2: would be, God damn it, Cordy. You don't know how
0: unlevel my desk is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just going to let you have that one. <laughs> Moving along. All right, Keeping score now. One failed plot hole emporium. One successful broody angel for Rex. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not bad. <laughs> I've had better. Oh, so... They're talking about how Angel went and saw Buffy, but Buffy didn't see Angel, and he was just hiding in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Cordy rightly says, oh, you know, if that if that were me, I'd be pretty upset about that. And guess what? Buffy's pretty upset about yeah, that. Yeah, Buffy's
2: pretty upset about <laughs> that. She's like, mm somebody was being a lurky lurky legy boy. No, sir, I don't like it. We get a big old dose of the Sarah Michelle Galar this episode. Glar. Galar. Galar. <laughs> Galar. Galar. Sorry. I don't know where I'm going with that.
0: <laughs> Opening credits.
2: Yeah. Back in the office, Doyle and Cordy briefly exchange pleasantries with Buffy, and then... They skedaddle. They promptly fuck right off. The and the next 15 minutes... Hell, the next 30 to 40 minutes really is basically one long dramatic reading.
0: God, you really could just (laughs) do the whole episode
2: in dramatic reading. I probably could. We're not gonna. Please don't. Of note. (laughs) We do not have that kind of time. (laughs) No, we do not. Of note, I think it's hilarious that one of the first things Buffy says is exactly what Giles said that she would say in the episode Pangs. Oh, really? Yes. She basically one of the first things she says is, "You can see me, but I can't see you." That's exactly what Giles said in Pangs.
0: Go Giles.
2: Yeah, two days before this episode. It's almost
0: like they were written by the
2: same person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now I actually have a question here because you went back and rewatched Pangs. I un- I unfortunately didn't have enough time. Uh huh. Um, I can see this being implied two ways. Either a, everyone told Buffy. That Angel was in a, in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. Or she just figured out that Angel was in Sunnydale.
2: Oh, no. At the very end of the episode, Xander fucks up and spills the beans. Okay. While they're all sitting at the table at Thanksgiving, it's that episode where he's like...
0: Oh, now I remember.
2: Yeah, everything yeah. went great. Even with Angel being in town the whole time or some shit like that.
0: Because the way that this... Exchange here is written. It's almost as if Buffy was just visiting and came in and they outed themselves to Buffy.
2: Oh, that could work too. But no, definitely Xander.
0: Oh, Xander. Yeah. And (laughs)
2: then I'm sure they had a big, long conversation about it after that. Well, she
0: probably made absolutely everyone tell her what happened in detail.
2: She probably tied them all down and Tickle tortured them. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't really need to at that point. The jig was up. Yeah. But anyway, classic Buffy here. She immediately assumes the worst of Angel's intentions and why he chose not to see her during his visit to Sunnydale. I mean, I completely agree that most of Angel's argument is just narcissistic nonsense. I mean, just fucking say hi. Avoid all the sneaking around and be done with it. And then get the fuck out. Be a fucking adult. You're over 200 years old. Buffy's what, 19 now? 20 at most. Yep. And I you know I'm not very good at math, but I'm fairly certain that does not hold up to the half plus 7 rule. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see. So 200 divided by 2 that's 100 plus 7 so 107. Yeah. So go find you a 107 year old angel. you fucking perv good lord (laughs) so so so, uh, Buffy's being a little self-deprecating and busting Angel's balls and uh, Angel's being overprotective of her emotions and even a bit condescending I feel with this conversation right here I kind of feel like they both just need to get the fuck over themselves and move on already yeah I have an abridged dramatic reading go on what is this Some new torment you cooked up just for me? You can see me, but I can't see you? What are we playing here? I wrestled with this decision. Which you made without me. It's complicated. It's kind of a long story. Your new sidekick had a vision. I was in it. You came to Sunnydale? Okay, maybe not that long. (laughs) You didn't feel I was important enough. It's because I felt that you were important that I didn't tell you. I'm a big girl now, Angel. I don't need you skulking around (laughs) trying to protect me. Unless, of course, I'm in some gigantic fight to the death, which I was last night. And she just kind of pokes holes in her own arguments at that point. And things kind of simmer down a little bit.
0: I just realized something. If Pangs took place on Thanksgiving, this is Black Friday.
2: Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, yeah, you're right.
0: Day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday.
2: Weird. Yeah. Huh.
0: I don't know. Dumb little thing that amuses me.
2: Yeah. We definitely... That was definitely not really portrayed in the episode at all. But cut over to the office lobby where Doyle and Cordy are talking. So I think we both got a couple of uh, quotes of the day off of this. Mine is... Well, she seemed a little, Cordy interrupts with, Bulgarian in that outfit. No, I was going to say, Hurt, where are we going? I just thought that was funny. And then the scene finishes out with... Yeah, after Doyle's like, where are we going? She says, oh, they'll be at this a while. We still
0: have time for Cappuccino and probably the director's cut of Titanic.
2: Yeah, and for those of you that weren't there in the 90s, that was like the longest movie that existed. I looked it up. The director's cut specifically is Four hours and 15 minutes. Fuck. A <laughs> doodle do. Yeah, it's long. It's about it's it's longer than Lord of the Rings extended edition. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, God, you're right. Yeah. That's each imp- of those is
0: three hours, aren't they? Or.
2: Yeah. I want to yeah. say each. Even the extended editions are only like three, three and a half hours tops. I mean, if you yeah. put them all three together, then it's just ridiculously I did, long. I did
0: that once. I watched all three extended cuts in a row. Oh, me too. That was a long day. It and was. honestly, I was done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, when he finally put the fucking ring in the goddamn mountain, I was fucking happy.
2: Yes! <laughs> finally! <laughs> no, I was cuddling with a very attractive girl that I was hanging out with at the time. So I was
0: hanging out with two not attractive male nerds. <laughs>
2: So I didn't I didn't mind it that much. Anyway, cut over to Angel's office. They agreed to the classic plan of all painfully codependent ex-lovers trying to avoid their doomed path, which tends to sound a lot like, hey, you're there, fuck off. And when you get there, <laughs> fuck off from there too. Then fuck off some more. Keep fucking off until you get back here. Then fuck off again. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's a fairly decent plan. I'm currently doing that with my ex-girlfriend. I've been doing that with mine for a long time now. (laughs) And then a big green demon pours a big-ass sugary glass of himself at the expense of Angel's window, which I imagine is similar to a beverage-flavoring mix advertisement, but I can't remember the name of it right now. Perhaps you can squeegee my memory on that one, Rex. Uh, Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid! Oh, God, I've been trying to think of that for hours. Oh, God. (sighs) So, I mean, I don't have anything else to fill in about that. They No, uh, samurai busts through the window and uh, they get to fighting. Green-faced, gem-forehead, samurai-looking dude. And out in the office lobby, Doyle implies that they should help because they hear some crashing and shit. Cordy thinks it's just Buffy and Angel duking out their middle school drama and overwhelming emotions. Therefore, they continue fucking off. Fun fact, though. The wall between
0: them and... And Angel and Buffy and the the samurai demon has windows. There is no way that they could be standing at the door and not see what is going on in there.
2: Right? Yeah. This whole... (laughs) This office is very labyrinthine. Apparently. Definitely. But nevertheless, they continue fucking off. I imagine when they get there, they'll fuck off from there, too. Yeah. And quite possibly when they get back, they will simply fuck off again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't want to share my feelings I don't want to open up I want to find the guy that killed Tina And I want to look him in the eye
2: Cut back to the office office. Yeah, the office. I forgot we called it that. (laughs) The office office. Where Angel stabs the demon with its own sword. Very rude. And uh, pours himself another glass of (laughs) Kool-Aid. Apparently from the Ecto Cooler Slimer Ghostbusters Collection edition of Kool-Aid. Because it's green. Um, it's very green. It's like, it's, uh, Predator Blood. Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze Green. It's Predator Blood. Or Predator Blood. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I'm really disappointed you
0: didn't have the mandible things.
2: Me too. But... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, I got a quote of the day here. Oh, I bet you, is it the exchange between them? Pretty much, yeah. Buffy says, friend of yours? Angel replies, never saw it before. It was rude. We should go kill it. I'm free. Got some more I can change? <laughs>
0: hey. Hey-o.
2: Yeah, good times. Yeah. It's uh two well-written characters
0: by two very good actors.
2: Yeah. The punchline there was definitely it was rude. We should go kill it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my quote, quote. Yeah, for that exchange, but it doesn't work without the setup. So, but also It's definitely a tandem quote.
0: Nobody could have pulled that specific line off as well as Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy. Because that is that right there is a very Buffy line. It is. And the delivery was fucking perfect.
2: Oh my god, SMG, you are so Buffy. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, um, yeah, imagine if that's how society operated, though. That person was rude. Let's go kill <laughs> them. I'll get my coat. There'd be a lot more consideration going on. I think the world would be a much nicer
0: place. Perhaps. Well, let's not say that one too much. Yeah, well,
2: <laughs> might be kinder or just nicer. I'm already pretty much a communist. It's an important distinction. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, don't go around murdering rude people. It's definitely not the a good social setting for that right now. No. So in the sewers. More importantly, if you wanted to murder someone, you'd have to get closer than six feet. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Or at the very least, please wear a mask. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And honestly, gloves
0: at that point, because there's body fluids involved. So in the sewer... (laughs) Where there's body fluids involved. Where there are lots of body (laughs) fluids involved,
2: Angel can smell the blood of this demon that's running from them, and it's making him feel a little funny. Yeah, a little funny. Buffy uses this opportunity to go on a rant about being confused about... them you know her and angel
0: oh yeah cuz she's feeling a little funny different kind of
2: little funny very yeah pretty but a different funny. pretty different <laughs> he's like i feel weird she's like i know i do too i mean i only came to see you so i could tell you face to face not to see me face to face anymore and uh, i know there's a fly in the logic ointment here somewhere but
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just kind of like that fly in the logic ointment oh
0: god it's that is
2: such a like Joss Whedon. It's Buffy speak. Absolutely. And Buffy speak at its finest. Anyway, he's like, no, I I meant the blood. And she's like, ah, well, fuck. Never mind. And another mini dramatic reading is born out of this scene. When we're apart, it's easier. It hurts every day. But I live with it. And now you're right here. And I can actually reach out. And it's more than confusing. It's unbearable. But we have to bear, right? I mean, what else can we do? It doesn't work with us. It can't. It goes on. Yada, yada, yada. I'm over it.
0: Well, their, their attraction is powerful.
2: Very, very powerful. Yeah. When their attractions combine, we get a very evil angel. <laughs> Captain... Evil pants, Captain it- tortures a lot, <laughs> also known as
0: Angelus. Yeah, and nothing's changed, but they they decide they have to bear it, and they're going to split up because it looks like the
2: demon went topside. Quick quote of the day here from Buffy: "Oh boy, I was really jonesing for another heartbreaking sewer talk." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, the Buffy speak it abounds. Yeah, so she skedaddles up out of the sewer manhole. He stays down in the sewer out of necessity because he's a vampire and daylight kills him. But also, dun-dun-dun, the demon's still down here. Oh, news. It really seemed plausible that it went topside. Yeah. And he had given her a location to check out to see if he had gone there to get patched up or something. But he didn't.
0: News. They've done this thing with the eyes before with a a bad guy in Buffy, and I can't remember the episode, uh, but it's so fucking
2: cool. Oh, with the glowing eyes? Yeah. I think it was from the second episode of season four with the the roommate girl who ended up being a demon. Maybe. And you were like, ooh, how did they do that? Because I know it was a yeah. practical effect or something. I can't
0: fucking remember what episode. They found you a way might to, be right. They found a way
2: to actually make the eyes glow, and that's impressive. Yeah. I thought it was funny that he gave Buffy the directions to get to this place, like, really quickly. Um, Like, how the fuck is somebody from out of town supposed to find a place with those directions? He's like, there's a dive on second near beach. And she's like, got it. Cool. She's been to
0: L.A. She lived there for a summer.
2: Yeah, maybe Second Street is like a big main drag. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Hey, friends from L.A., how easy is this place to find?
2: Yeah. Let us know. Does the Lone Bar really exist? Can demons go there to get patched up? I've been needing to get patched up for quite a while.
0: Are you saying you're a demon?
2: Asking for a friend. (laughs) So so this demon that is definitely not brethren of mine comes out of the dark with glowing eyes effect thing. Uh,
0: Slices open Angel's hand. Gets all bleedy. Uh uh
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Angel gives him one good last deadly slice into the torso, seemingly killing this demon. And Angel gets a life. Yeah. He, like, joins a book club and finds some friends <laughs> to go bowling with <laughs> every Tuesday. He meets a nice girl named Sarah who works as a cashier down at the grocery store. But, it was, you know, it's okay. He met her at the bowling alley. He wasn't breaking rule number one. Anyway, Angel picks up a job in the grocery store as a stalker, and they live miserably ever after because they have nothing in common and they struggle financially. Their kids quickly estrange themselves as soon as they're out of high school, leaving Angel and Sarah to face the facts that they're in a loveless husk of a relationship and, again, in a superficial world with no skills experiences or education. So they decide to rob a bank, which, which rekindles their sex life. What? But quickly lands Angel in jail, and she gets off on a technicality, claiming that Angel was coercing and abusing her, which he was. Angel gets a life. This is the story of Angel gets a life. Okay. <laughs> no, okay, but all right, fine. So he- I, I I got nothing again. Like, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. No, the, the blood goes, goes all swirly into his open wound on his palm. And he falls down and he stands back up and he's got a heartbeat now.
0: Whee! Yeah.
2: I'm alive.
0: It would be kind of startling all of a sudden I, you have a heartbeat after 200 some years or not. Plus years. Yeah, that'd be
2: <laughs> kind of creepy.
0: Could you imagine how loud it would be to you? Yes. Think of all the times that you can like feel and hear your own heartbeat. Yeah. We we probably like actively ignore it on some
2: level. We can probably feel it and hear it more often than we realize. I would think uh, there would be a couple hiccups in the pipes, too. Yeah. Like, like, that shit wouldn't just automatically be functioning perfectly well. Like how when you turn your heat on for the first
0: time in the in the <laughs> colder months, yeah. uh, you get that, that burning dust smell.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel like he'd probably need to take a really big shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Just to make it gross. <laughs> Why you gotta take it to the gross place, Rex? Uh, you did, actually. I know. Uh, cut back to the office,
0: and specifically the office office.
2: The office of the office of Angel. Where
0: Cordy and Doyle return to see the aftermath of the fighting. Yup. <laughs> I
2: love the. Cordy sees a pile of dust on the floor it's like, she killed him! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, and then she just remembers that she didn't sweep. And I'm like, I don't know. That was a pretty thick pile of dust. Yeah. Okay, but whatever. She decides, no, Angel's not dead. That's just dust that I forgot to sweep. And so Angel saunters in right afterwards, looking a bit dumbfounded. And eerily happy. I don't... Happy Angel is weird. It is weird. I
0: disapprove.
2: I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but as per usual, Cordy thinks he's gone evil again and must have boinked Buffy while they were fighting. Which <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not an unsafe assumption. You know, angry sex seems to be a theme throughout the Buffyverse. Uh say what we will about Cordy
0: not like getting the emotional nuance of the situation. Uh she's got these two pegged. <laughs> she does. She, she knows what she's talking about. She does, in fact,
2: and Doyle's having a hard time accepting that. Um, she assumes that Angel must have used his brand new umbrella to get home <laughs> in the daytime. and But Doyle has his own kind of emotional intelligence, and he sees the difference in Angel right away, oh, basically. Yeah. And correctly figures that he's alive now. And Angel
0: is... Really happy. He, he feels so good and realizes that he hasn't eaten anything in hundreds of years. Hundreds
2: of years. Well, obviously, he had some peanut butter on his bed a few episodes ago, at least. And I don't know. I
0: think that was Buffy
2: during a visit or something at some I, point because... They definitely were into the peanut butter <laughs> yeah. this episode. Yeah. But he yeah. goes apeshit and like devours the entire mini-fridge contents in like two minutes. And you know... All that food's Cordy's. Like, <laughs> it's not his. He's eat- You
0: don't eat other people's food in your workplace.
2: Yeah, well, you also <laughs> don't stick your arm in front of a moving freight train. So, uh, You know, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> try to stop him right now. You're going to get your arm chewed off. And he'll probably be like, oh, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> She's already scared of him eating her. She's like, oh, God, he's going to eat everything. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun uh, Apparently,
0: Angel likes chocolate, but does not like yogurt.
2: Yeah, it turns out. Yeah. I don't get it. I think yogurt's fine. I mean, dairy in general, I the older I get, the less I give a shit about dairy, other than cheese. If you think about it, Angel, when he was a human, was
0: a peasant, essentially. Yeah. Like, he would have never had chocolate.
2: That's probably so true. So he's
0: never had it. And he'd never have yogurt. They didn't have yogurt back in that time.
2: That's a good point.
0: So these are two things that he gets to try
2: this time. Yeah. For the first time ever. Huh.
0: And that kind of fascinates
2: me. That is a little bit fascinating.
0: A person needs certain
2: designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. My friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. So he sends Cordelia out to find Buffy. He kind of sort of tells her about the bar. And then he's like, but don't tell her what's happened because this motherfucker may be mortal now, but he hasn't learned a goddamn thing from his conversations with Buffy. <sighs> nope, nothing. Like, it's the principle of the matter, Angel. You need to stop making daddy-like decisions for her. Yeah. She's a fucking adult. And Yeah. So, cut to later, still in the office. Hold on, though. Yeah. Cordy has another mission ice cream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mint chocolate chip, I think, is what they said.
2: Oh, he said, Oh, is that a thing? Can you get that? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, she's on a grocery run and a Buffy run. Practically the same thing, you know, except he's not going to eat Buffy. You know, not in the. <laughs> I mean he is going to eat Buffy. I'm assuming. Oh my. <laughs> but not in the violent way. No. In a way that she's going to appreciate, I hope. Yeah. He's had plenty of time to get good at it, but I <laughs> Okay, moving on. I think he's wasted most of that time on being sad. Okay, so. moving on. Later in the office. <laughs> um we're in research mode now. Yep. Uh, Doyle finds it in a book. It's a Mara demon, which are an assassin breed, I guess. Yeah, they're
0: like uh, super evil assassins specifically aimed to kill good guy warrior heroes.
2: Right. And the most confusing part of these demons is that they need lots of salt to survive, even though they have immortality juice in their veins. Okie dokie. You know, it's
0: about the same logic of vampires being able to be tranked, so moving on. (laughs) Even though
2: their blood took an immortal and turned him mortal, so now he's going to age and die in a fraction of the amount of time that he's been alive. Okay, whatever. It, It doesn't make any sense. It's almost like Angel sent Cordelia to buy more than just ice cream and also sent her on a little trip down to... The Plothole Emporium! Hey! <laughs> do you need a demon in the mix to drive your Monster of the Week episode but take a real backseat to the A story of your crossover plot? Well, pick a random-ass super-common chemical that it needs to survive, but somehow completely contradicts its nature. Your viewers will be so confused, they won't know what the plot is. The Plothole Emporium, everyone. Forget your plots so we can stick things in your holes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the Plothole oh, Emporium. Oh, that's worrisome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> So Angel's a little confused here, as he fucking well should be. He starts demanding that Doyle tell him more about the powers that be. Yeah. um, Which kind of came out of nowhere. Right? He's like, I feel like you're not telling me something. He's like, well, that's because I'm not. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. Well, and he makes a good point. It was like, this is a need to know thing. I don't know everything and I'm not allowed to divulge everything. Angel counters with, "Well, I need to know," and he's like, "All right, well, I guess I can get you in contact <laughs> with them. Alrighty, I could read the whole thing, but I'm not gonna." Yeah, and
0: they have, they have they can't they can't contact the powers that be directly. Uh, they have to go through channels,
2: dangerous channels. Let's yeah. try the oracles, and these dangerous channels are under the post office, in an underground dark brick chamber. Where Doyle cooks up a spell in the room's provided brazier, which seems to exist for the sole purpose of opening this white, marbly looking gateway arch to another realm. Yeah. Angel goes to another dimension. Another dimension. Another Another dimension. dimension. Another dimension. (laughs) 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 So, So he steps in where there's a couple of Roman looking motherfuckers demanding an offering. And he's like, well, shit. Uh,. How about this watch? She uh, telekinetically swipes it out of his hand, and she's like, ooh, a Timex takes a lick and keeps on ticking.
0: Her line is actually, time, god damn it, I didn't write it down, but it's like,
2: time. I love time. There's so so little of it, yeah, so much of it or some Yeah, shit.
0: something like that. And, it, like, it is a profound truth. Right. Like, there is a lot of time. There is not much time.
2: yeah. Yeah, I always seem to be bounding back and forth from not having enough time to having way too much time. It's just, I mean, you get it. It's not something we can really explain, but hey, you're alive too. Yeah. You get it. Presumably you're a living, breathing person. Maybe that's just because we all have anxiety over here. I don't know. But obviously me more so than you. Anyway. Yeah. So they just
0: explained to him that he's alive and free and go do things.
2: Yeah, he's like, what the fuck, guys? And they're like, whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a life now. Go live it. And he's yeah. like, okie they You kick- there! Fuck off! Fuck off! <laughs> when you get there, keep fucking off until you get back here, then fuck off again. And So he's... Um, That's pretty much the whole conversation. <laughs> with this guy's really bitchy wave of a hand, <laughs> he kicks him out of the other dimension he Sends
0: him back whence he came. <laughs> and the horse he rode in on.
2: And he's definitely just a mortal Joe Schmo now. They confirmed it for him. Yep. And Doyle's like, hey, you just went through there like half a dick hair ago. <laughs> and Angel's like, nuh-uh, I was in there for a full two minutes. <clears throat> and it sounds like a conversation that many have had with their lady friends. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: Doyle tells him to check his watch And he's like Well I can't Doyle You didn't tell me I had to take a gift
2: Oh not the Timex (laughs) Shit (laughs) That thing was like $20 (laughs) (laughs) We need all the money we can get I bet that it
0: was a really old fucking watch
2: I don't know It didn't look like it
0: But it's Angel's watch like Seems like maybe he would have had the watch for a long ass time I
2: don't know he's pretty up to date with his style and his hair and yeah. Why wouldn't his, why would he have a new of
0: Nancy boy hair job.
2: <laughs> he does. <laughs> so, but angels a real boy. Now Geppetto would be so proud and he he's can, got no strings to hold him down. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got half a Jiminy cricket leading the way and it's time to do some soul searching and he's got to figure out what he wants. Well, what do you think he fucking wants? Everybody. He's going to beeline directly to Buffy. Uh, well, duh. He wants that ass, bro. Yeah. He wants that Buffy. Can you blame him? Nobody can blame him. (laughs) Not a single person. If you're blaming him, you're wrong. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. And... It's... Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) is what brings us together. (laughs) And so, to hell with Sarah Plain and Tall from the grocery store. Um... (laughs) Why do I get the feeling he's going to fuck this one up, just like he fucked up the Ring of Amara?
0: Well, of course. I mean, it's,
2: we have a whole show to do
0: here. <laughs> wait, wait.
2: The Ring of Amara. Amara demon. Coincidence? Maybe. They're pretty damn similar. They are. Hmm. It was a gem. This guy has a gem in his forehead.
0: Huh.
2: Yeah. Actually, no. That, like... huh <laughs> I'm going to make a note to Google that later. Do. So, we have a dramatic smash cut to the beaches. Apparently, he wants beaches. Oh, and there's a blonde girl there. He wants beach blondes. Bleach blonde, beach blonde. Say that three times fast. I probably couldn't say it once. Don't even try. We don't have time for that. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, we do not. Oh, wait. It's Buffy. Dramatic soap opera moment of making out with Buffy and god damn it it's satisfying right i'm like oh thank god (laughs) just get it out of your system guys already shit he's still gonna fuck it up though oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) he gets his his good moment out of this episode though yeah except he's the only one that remembers it we'll get to that yeah cut back to angel investigations Not the office office, the outer office Yeah, The outer office, the reception area, if if you will. And I think you will. (laughs) Cordelia and Doyle are chatting. Yeah, Doyle suspects that Cordy is jealous of Buffy. An interesting theory. Well, she's blaming dead plants on Buffy's arrival. I thought there was going to be more to that. There's not, spoiler alert.
0: I think it's not that Cordy is jealous of Buffy it's that she'll use any excuse not to take the blame her damn self
2: (laughs) oh right well I mean like
0: she killed the plant and she's just gonna use any excuse to not take the blame for the dead plant
2: okay I mean I took her at her word that the plant was thriving just earlier that day and I'm like well that's odd I almost thought that there was going to be some sort of like
0: life draining thing about yeah uh Angel's humanhood
2: yeah, like there was going to be some sort of caveat, yeah. and it wasn't just, hey, you're free and clear now, have fun not being cursed for another maybe 40 years or so, I guess. But yeah, that turned out to be a turquoise trout. <laughs> no, it's, that's not a
0: shade of red. Uh, that's the point. Oh. It's nowhere near a shade of red. It's
2: very far from a red herring. That would mean that it would have been relevant somehow.
0: Oh, goddammit. it! <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I don't. I can't think of any alliteration with trout. I wanted to use trout for some reason.
2: Alexa, you don't have an Alexa. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't see
1: Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself. Oh yeah, there's been uh, four, and three of them are very much alive.
0: I did get a line here uh, from Cordy. She's worried about uh, them being downstairs alone for too long oh no because she she doesn't quite believe deeply that the curse is done
2: right she's she's pretty pessimistic here she doesn't trust the situation understandably she knows all all she really knows is that when buffy and angel hook up bad things happen yeah and, and she was there for that
0: and doyle's like well why can't you just be happy with them and her response is let me explain the lore here okay they suffer they fight that's business as usual. They get groiny with one another, and the world, as we know it,
2: falls apart. And I really just liked it with the the, the term groiny with one another. Yeah, I liked her using that as an adjective or a, as a verb. Yeah, I I appreciated that as well. An extension of that was also a quote of the day for me. Cordy says, "Oh please, they've got the forbidden love of all time. They have been apart for months. Now he's suddenly human. I'm sure they're down there just having tea and crackers." Cut to them having tea and crackers. Yes, which the that quote doesn't really work without the smash cut to them actually having tea and crackers, but I'm still qualifying it as a quote of the day.
0: Yeah. Big note here. Angel's really loving the hell out of this tea. <laughs> oh? He's like pouring his tea and he looks up and is like, do you want some more? Because he's just like, holy shit, look at this tea. It's so good. <laughs> like, it's all physical acting, but...
2: He- david Boreanis
0: does it very well oh
2: i mean it makes sense because he's he's loving tasting things again yeah, yeah that's still very new to him but yeah so they're trying to be mature and wait to they're obviously talking about sex and uh you know what by the end of the scene fuck that let's just do it right here on the table ah yeah about fucking time guys thank yeah. you excellent good job so later in bed have you ever cleared a table off for this purpose No, but it's on my bucket list. Right! (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say! I'm sorry. Uh, Later in bed, they're eating, like, all of the food and (laughs) peanut butter, chocolate, ice cream, etc. in bed. Do you Uh, want ants? Because that's how you get ants. I love
0: food. Mm -hmm. I love sex. Mm -hmm. I refuse on any level to mix
2: the two. Yeah, I don't really see the the appeal.
0: The whole idea of, like, oh, I'm going to cover my lover in chocolate and like lick it off or no it's gross it ends up with somebody in a diabetic comb and the other person stuck to the floor <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow they're sticky <laughs> they're just sticky the other person is full of sugar that escalated quickly yes
2: wow it's gross though like honestly it's like yeah i don't need uh, an excuse to lick my lovers yeah i do not I will I will lick them. I was going to say all day, but
0: <laughs> not all day until both of got
2: us shit to do. Sometimes
0: until both
2: of us have climaxed. You know, I give it twenty thirty minutes tops. <laughs> you know, sometimes if if I haven't climaxed yet, then I'm just like, you know what, it's fine. I have to be to work in the morning. But there's star-crossed lovers that have been apart for you know at least you know at least half a season now. Yeah. <laughs> And well they they
0: haven't actually like hooked up since uh second season right
2: when he lost his shit they've they've only had sex one other time right But something here tells me they don't really give a flying fuck about getting ants in the bed as no. Buffy starts to lick the ice cream from his rippling bosom while he <laughs> giggles like a schoolgirl. It's adorable, really.
0: This scene cuts to David Boreanaz standing in front of the fridge naked. <laughs> right? And he like walks back to the bed, and they do that thing that only happens in TV shows. In Austin where, Powers. Right, where there's objects in the way of actually seeing him naked. Yeah. But he is definitely naked.
2: Well, this episode definitely clarifies that um, thing that somebody was telling us about David Boreanaz just... Casually walking around the set naked. This is one of those episodes where that would make perfect sense. It's like, hey, everybody, get used to seeing my dong. And you know what? If I looked that good naked, I'd probably walk around naked. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) All right. We've spent more than enough time on this scene where literally nothing happens except Naked Angel and licking ice cream off of Naked Angel. I mean, (laughs) I'm okay with it. So cut to... Duh bar. Yeah. All right. Say it with me. Come on. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Three, two, one. Duh Duh, bar. bar. God, that is hilarious to me every time because I know you hate it. (laughs) I wouldn't mind it if it was a place worth it. Yeah, this one doesn't even have a name. (laughs) Now I'm just fucking around. So uh, Cordelia and Doyle are all, oh, news. What are we going to do? We're out of jobs. Blah, 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 blah. Corey's upset about not having a job. Doyle's pretty okay with it. Yeah, he's like, oh, thank Christ. No longer do I have to deal with any of those skull-crushing, mind-numbing... Oh! God, what are you doing to me? Before that, though, I got a quote of the day. Okay. All right, we have another tandem quote of the day, it turns out. Yep. Doyle says, I'm finally free to go out in the world and make my own mark in the world. And Cordy <laughs> responds with, we had a cat that used to do that. Ha! <laughs> Ah, cats do that all the time. They really do. And you're
0: constantly trying to go outside and make his mark in the world. Huh, right. Anyway, Doyle has a
2: vision. Oh, God. Oh, my brain. <laughs> what are you doing? You can't. Why would you even do that? Anyway, so we've done that joke.
0: This is one of those moments where it's like, Doyle. You fucking didn't knock on wood, Dora. You needed to knock on wood here.
2: <laughs> oh, thank God. I never have to deal with one of those skull crushing, mind numbing. Oh, shit. my brain. <laughs> As he has another vision. You really tempted fate on that one. And it's a demon. It's the demon. He's back. Yep. Cut to Angel's bed. Cuddles. Cut to cuddles. Oh, God. That sounds so nice. Right. Fuck you, Rona. Fuck you so fucking hard. COVID. I haven't had cuddles It's so long. We are so pent up over here at at Ill with Angel, you guys. If you could just send us some gifts of cuddling or something. I don't know. Never mind. I
0: don't want to open that can of worms. Never mind. You know what?
2: We'll take care of ourselves. We're going to.
0: I just want to clarify he means that he'll take care of him and I will take care
2: of me. With each other. No. Simultaneously. No. He'll warm up to it. No with my butt anyway (laughs) so we're so we're in angel's bed uh rex and i went and found the set the old set and we were in angel's bed where they filmed this scene spooning because rex is a big old homophobe obviously as you can tell oh yeah totally (laughs) anyway okay enough of that gag buffy goes full aerosmith on angel Don't want to close my eyes. (laughs) Don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, babe. And I don't want to get sued, but (laughs) we're going to.
0: Hey, it's cover. Yeah, sure.
2: I'm sure that's totally how that works. We're also just not really making any money on this. Oh, God, no. Uh, We'll fly way under their radar. Look at us and be like, hey, they're not worth it. Fuck them. It cannot be on your podcast, though. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Aerosmith, if you're listening to this, never mind. So <laughs> we don't even want you on our podcast. Screw you. You got a funny looking mouth. Um, you know, I've always said that uh,
0: when he was a teenager, he had to have looked in the mirror and thought, man. I better be a really good rock star.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, body-shaming rock stars. Oh, you That's good time. He can handle it. He can, he can take it. He's very rich. He's a big boy. He's and big. have you seen his wife? Right. You can take a good roasting. We got this. All right. So a <laughs> uh, little bit later, Buffy falls asleep on Angel. They're having a grand old time over there. A little bit later, Doyle busts in on Angel and Buffy. Throws a bucket of iced Kool-Aid on them to calm <laughs> shit down a bit. Like, whoa, there. You're looking a bit hot, you guys. Fucking pretty spicy. Just going to bucket of Kool-Aid. There's ice in it. I put ice in it. Uh, he leaves the door woefully intact, however. I
0: hope he didn't add sugar to that Kool-Aid. Oh, that's going to make the peanut butter problem so much worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're already going to get ants. Fuck it. <laughs> So it's a threesome now. They're all covered in Kool-Aid. <laughs> Doyle's like, ooh, you're never gonna get me lucky Kool-Aid. Lick it off of me, I bet you won't. And angel starts to lick it off and of he's like, oh. oh god, I meant Buffy! I wasn't into you. Well, I'm a little bit into you, Angel. <laughs> god damn it.
0: I need a moment. <laughs> I think I've lost my place in my notes.
2: Yeah, that's all right.
1: Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. see. the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one-name guys.
2: Doyle informs them that the regenerative (coughs) demon thingy... That gave Angel a real life as a real boy isn't dead from the simple stab wound. I think we all saw this coming. Yeah, because his blood regenerated himself somehow. Oh, weird. I don't understand the physics of that. <laughs> no. How's that regenerative blood make him regenerative? Like, I understand how it regenerates Angel in an opposite direction, but I... uh jeez. You know, it's just so... <laughs> it's just so darn confusing. Is, is it... Plot hole-ish? Nah. I think it's plot hole I got another one. It is, but I got another one later. I got one locked and loaded. It's going to be right, okay. Right. We're just going to skate so, right over this one. So
0: they decide, oh, he needs salt to heal and be whole again. So there's a desalination plant. We're going to go there. You said he was in a factory.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, it's not like there aren't many desalination plants around L.A.
2: Yeah, why would there be? Yeah. <laughs> It's not like they're short on water so angel's like to the ocean (laughs) exactly so angel's like well it's killing time and doyle's like well but you're mortal now we maybe we need someone a little more supernatural implying buffy of course oh yeah angel stupidly does not want to wake her up to do some slaying i mean i think she'd have been down for it frankly have we learned nothing you dipshit stop making decisions without buffy's input because you think she's so fragile Yeah, especially because later she saves your fucking life, dumbass! A situation that you wouldn't have been in had you just fucking woken her up. Yeah, no, why would she want to help you, her boyfriend, the love of her life?
0: Can I just say, Angel makes a number of decisions in this episode that he would very strongly reprimand someone else for.
2: Yeah, he's really paving... His own road to hell with his own good intentions constantly. Yeah. Like his arguments always have that flaw. This whole episode is like, okay, good intentions, but you're, you're being way too parental and daddy-ish. Yeah. Just stop.
0: I get what they're trying to go for. They're trying to go for the fact that Angel doesn't think clearly when Buffy is involved. Also true. That's what they're going for. But they're trying a bit too hard. Because it's just a bit much.
2: It is a bit much. So, cut to the saline plant.
0: Yeah, where Doyle is reading about the demon and how the demon, when he comes back to life, is bigger and stronger. Or rather, just stronger, because while he says he's bigger and stronger, the demon doesn't look much bigger when they see him.
2: Yeah, he looks pretty much exactly the same size. Yeah. Well, almost like they probably filmed everything with the demon on the same day. Maybe. Yeah. Mm Well, every time you got to take him out of that makeup and put him back in. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That takes like six hours to do that kind of makeup. And you got to pay for all the latex prosthetics again because you can't reuse them. And they, they only had three sets with them on it. Yep. That's how filming works.
0: Oh, actually, no. If four they're, sets. If they're
2: smart about it anyway.
0: They had them on four sets.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. So... So, yeah, we're at the saline plant because the demon needs salt to survive, which is weird still, but okie dokie. Blah, blah, blah. I can't risk Buffy's life every time some minion from hell. Just stop right there. That's literally her job, Angel. She's the fucking slayer. It's not her job. It's her fucking purpose in life. Yeah, it's her. <laughs> her calling her supernaturally ordained calling. <laughs> yeah. I just whoo. Okay. Anyway, you know, I said my piece. I'm better now. Actually, actually, let me just let me just take a quick jaunt uh, right on down to the Plot Hole Emporium, <laughs> where we've got everything you need like condescending overprotective patriarchy nonsense to cover up all that writing and progressive thinking you didn't feel like doing this week. Need a good crossover episode where the guest is obviously stronger than the star of the show? But how will we have an epic showdown climactic ending now that we've painted ourselves into a corner? Simple. Slough it off as hastiness, lack of planning, and room for character growth. But don't ever let him actually learn. That'll be five dollars, you rube. And don't forget, all holes have plots, but not all plots are holy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the idea that at the Plothole Emporium, they literally will call their customers rubes. <laughs> and probably get away with it.
2: Absolutely, right because, to their faces. Because who,
0: who but Rubes would shop at the Plowhole Emporium? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, so they
2: fight. Yeah, demon drops from above, and the fight doesn't go well. It's kicking Angel's ass pretty hard. Yeah, and then he runs like he fucking should. Yeah, because he's a he's a real boy now. He shouldn't have been there in the first <laughs> place without Buffy. He's got squishy bits. <laughs> <laughs> very, very squishy. Except, you know, he's pretty toy where it counts as well, I imagine. Well, yeah,
0: but compared to the demon, he's got squishy bits. Yes. So, cut back to... The office.
2: Duh! Office.
0: No, oh, that really doesn't work.
2: Fine. <laughs> Buffy's looking for Angel. Yep. Cordelia's wrapped up in herself, as per usual. I like her plan, though. She's like, you know what?
0: I'm just going to sell everything and keep the money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It all looks like shit that was just there when Angel rented the place, (laughs) frankly. You know, he didn't go shopping for computers. Yeah, no shit. I got a quick quote of the day from Buffy here. Uh, Cordelia says, you know, I'm in real pain here, and all you can do is talk about Angel. Has it even occurred to you how this whole turning human thing might affect me? (laughs) Buffy says, regrettably, no. That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is no. (laughs) No, she has not thought about how it might affect you at all, Cordelia. More importantly, Cordy
0: is very outside of Buffy's give a shit radar. Oh, so far. (laughs) Like, so she was never really fully into Buffy's give a shit radar. She was for. Like briefly, kind of when when
2: her and Xander were dating. Yeah, she was super close, but then she left the series. Yeah, and fell right back out into the very the dark, helpless void. Yes, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> the The dark side of the moon territory of Buffy's Give a shit radar. Oh, I hate that phrase.
0: <laughs> it's not the dark side of the moon. it's the far side of the moon. Oh okay. there Be- is no dark side of the moon. The whole moon gets light, really? Yes. How? It goes... How do you think we have a new moon? I don't know. Hell, when we get an eclipse, where? what side of the moon do you think is lit up when the fucking moon is in front of the sun?
2: Oh, so it's getting... But it has to be uneven lighting. Like, it's getting...
0: Well, the Earth is uneven. Unle- Only half the moon gets light at a given time. Only half the Earth gets light at a given time. But it's not the dark side of the moon. It's the far side of the moon. The moon is tidally locked, so we only ever see one face on Earth because its rotation mm-hmm. is the same rate at which it rotates around the Earth. So we only ever see the same face of the moon, so it's the far side of the moon. Thank you for that
2: astronomy lesson, Dr. Rex. You're welcome. Excellent. So-
0: <laughs> what? I'm a space nerd!
2: Yeah. I can't help it. That's great. And uh- Factory! <laughs> Cordy lets it slip that her next rant about Buffy not being able to have it all and that it's her fault that Angel ran off to fight that thing by himself. Uh Uh-oh. What thing? Oopsie-doo. Oops. Yeah. Cut back to the saline plant. Angel continues to get fucked up.
0: To be fair for Cordy, her outing Angel running off is a way that Buffy, in fact, ends up not getting everything she wants.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't understand why she was being so doggedly loyal to Angel here, but I don't know. It's I could do an entire plot hole emporium out of that too. Yeah. But I'm not gonna. So Back to the factory where Angel gets his ass kicked. Yeah. They fall through the floor into a lower level. Angel go down the hole. <laughs> And so the demon guy's, like, stepping on Angel, and he's like, the end of days has begun and cannot be stopped. You know, blah, 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 standard demon shit. I'm a bad guy, so I have these lines I have to read. I'm so evil. <laughs> don't you know how evil I am? And Angel's like, God damn it, don't you know how broody I am? He's like, damn, that's no, pretty broody. I got it. oh I know why
0: Angel's getting his ass kicked. He's too fucking happy. He's too
2: happy. You're right. <laughs> oh, jeez, Poor guy. <laughs> so His
0: power comes from his sadness.
2: <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so, anyway, Buffy teleports into the scene with some zippy one-liners. Yeah. Because she, like, there was definitely not an implication of time passing here. Oh, God, she no. goes from the office to the saline plant in, like, 30 fucking seconds yeah she clearly has teleporting abilities so quarter of the day either here, that or the office is just next door just next door exactly <laughs> how handy is that so quarter of the day buffy says you hurt my boyfriend the mara demon says a great darkness is coming buffy says you got that right <laughs> i don't know it was so simple but i'm just like man i missed that those classic yeah dry buffy one-liners
0: it's a very good subtle line because it's an indication she's gonna knock his lights out darkness get it <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a am, good pun I am
2: not attuned to puns I didn't yeah, even get that it's a very good pun oh
1: Jesus I'm with Wolfram and Hart everybody should have a lawyer like this Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime ever should you continue to harass our client you'll be forced to bring in the light of day I want that stricken from the
2: record a place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you
0: So, Buffy starts kicking his ass almost right away, but then he turns around and turns the table tide or whatever, however you... I can't fucking whatever remember. Whatever that got, phrase is. Yeah, that phrase. that Something about know. the tied turning. Yeah, you uh. know what I mean. But all of a sudden, he starts winning and slams Buffy up against the wall and... What do you think of the great warrior now? Yeah, and then Angel says, Little Bland needs salt and picks up a handful of salt and throws salt in his face and... I have a problem here. I know you do,
2: Rex. We all have a problem here. <laughs> because the salt's supposed to heal him, right? It's supposed to be his like life force.
0: How does it blind him if that's what he needs to heal? Shouldn't it heal him? Well... It makes no
2: sense. Maybe it's just because he's supposed to ingest it to heal him, but you know, you throw any fistful of grainy shit into somebody's eyes, they're going to be like, ah, don't do that. That's rude. You're being very rude, Angel. (laughs) Oh, and now the demon has to kill you. Yeah. So Angel remembers something Doyle read in the book about a thousand eyes or some shit and realizes, oh, maybe that giant red jewel in the middle of his forehead is his weak spot. Okie dokie. So, it's like he's a fucking boss fight in a Zelda game. (laughs) Right. He needed... Quick! Hit the blinking red light! (laughs) Use your hookshot! Damn, that doesn't work. Try your arrow. Oh, shit, I'm out of arrows!
0: you're always out of arrows. Always out of arrows. Fucking always. God. And then you have to jump around for like 20 minutes till something happens and five fucking arrows show up. And then you miss four of the five shots. And then it's ten more fucking minutes to get five more fucking arrows. And so you Google it and they're like
2: just use your boomerang. And I'm like shit you're supposed to have the boomerang here? (laughs) Right? Damn it. When did that happen?
0: Always fucking doing shit out of order. God those (laughs) games are a fucking mess
2: sometimes. Sometimes yeah. But there's so good <laughs> so anyway Buffy makes short work of him she smacks him in the jewel she she uses the boomerang right away right away and he fucks off to fuck off land uh, she runs over to Angel and cradles him as he lays there wounded and in pain I
0: thought he was gonna die I kept wondering how the fuck does he become a vampire again and I was kind of expecting him to die here and then like oh. when he died here he just reverted back to vampirism
2: right No, I kind of always assumed that he was just going to run back to them and be like, hey, guys, I changed my mind. And they'd be like, "Okay." which, you know, guess what? That's exactly
0: what he does in the next scene.
2: Yeah. So cut to Angel fucking it up. (laughs) Angel fucking it up. Brought to you by Angel fucking it up. Angel promptly fucking up. (laughs) He begs to be a vampire with a soul again to the Roman weirdos in another dimension. Another dimension. Another dimension yes yeah and unfortunately (laughs) i kind of agree with his reasoning yeah yeah Yeah. basically if he stays human and with buffy it's only going to get her killed and cost other lives as well
0: well and his point is he specifically says the demon's purpose was to take a warrior out of play and he's done that
2: yes his exact quote is uh, the mora demon came to take a warrior from your cause and it succeeded yeah and i'm like well shit you, you got me there i i really appreciated uh, what moved the roman uh, woman looking godly thing to to grant angels or his request because the man says uh, temporal folds are not to indulge at the whims of lower beings. And she says, you're wrong. This one is willing to sacrifice every drop of human happiness and love he has ever known for another. He is not a lower being. And it was like, "Oh, oh yeah. oh, right in the feelies.
0: Right in the right, feelies. Right all, in the- all of them at once, even. <laughs> Which is just...
2: Disturbingly impressive. (laughs) Very much so. So they agree to turn back time 24 hours so the angel can kill the Morrow Demon before it turns him human. I did like the dude
0: Oracle was like, oh, we can't undo what has already been done.
2: She's like, oh, shut up. Yes, we can.
0: And... Well, her response is more along the lines of like, yeah, but we can prevent something from happening, dumbass.
2: Yeah, I guess. She takes the passive route. She's like, yeah, yeah but we can let him not do it in the first yeah. place. So, yeah. Because apparently time is linear completely. Yeah. So
0: she explains to him that they're going to revert time back 48 hours. Twenty-four. No, nope, it was 48. I remember, I wrote it down.
2: Okay. If you say so.
0: Because they they spent a whole day fucking. (laughs) Like, a whole day.
2: I maintain. I'm fairly certain it's 24 hours, but okay. I'll take your word for it.
0: They spent a whole day
2: fucking. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they did. So. I mean, you really don't need a whole day.
0: There is a line that Buffy says that they spent the whole day. She said something about the whole day is alive. Okay. Specifically.
2: Yeah. But they specifically said in this scene... We'll turn the clock back 24 hours. I wrote down 48. Well, you're wrong, man. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) Pig. Pig. God damn it, you beat me
0: to it. (laughs) Okay, anyway, he's going to keep his memory of the day, which, you know, Angel really needed more torture. He wasn't prudy enough, you see.
2: Yeah, seriously. Uh Yeah, you alone will carry the memory of this day. Can you carry that burden? Oh, sure. (laughs) Just throw it on top of the giant fucking wagon full of burdens. (laughs) No problem. I'm going to start a storefront. Just stockpiling burdens thanks guys here burdens are us do you need a burden here's a burden he derives his power (laughs) from his broodiness they're only helping him yes yeah you'd think they could have just been like you know what we'll go ahead and take the memory from you too you know they could they hold on though they couldn't they
0: couldn't take his memory because he had to have his memory to know how to kill the demon
2: you're right that is a good point
0: this is a torture he requires for this plan to work.
2: How about so you're already making this really selfless martyr style sacrifice? How about some torture on top of that? Yeah? Anyone? No?
0: Dust. Apparently, somebody <laughs> volunteers and it's Angel.
2: <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> if what? You- There's torture to be had? I'll do it. I'm there. Whoop, <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Cut to the apartment where Angel takes about five minutes to five minutes to explain to Buffy what took him 10 seconds to explain to the powers that be. They argue over it. There are some emotions. Buffy's very understandably very upset. Yes. And really fucking good at it. I must say Sarah Michelle Gellar's yes. performance here. Moi. She does upset very well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely stellar. It tugged at my heartstrings. It is easily the first spot in the series of Angel where I really gave a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh, "Oh my, it really is a heart-wrenching situation." Cuz now she knows that she isn't even going to remember this and she I know she doesn't mean to do this to Angel, but she's just making it harder for Angel. <laughs> yeah. Cuz she's crying in his ear. She's like, "I won't forget. I won't forget." And you can <laughs> But see, she will. You can see the pain the agonizing torture on his face as he's dealing with this last moment with her and I'm just god damn it that's so sad it really is so fucking sad I feel
0: so bad for the next bad guy that gets in his fucking
2: way (laughs) seriously man like, wow. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah my, so... my, heart, my heart breaks for her and Angel and him always doing his martyr thing and making the wise, difficult choices for the greater good and shit. Man, when do you get to just fucking be happy? What a goddamn pain in the ass. Well, I, guess I we, don't think we want him to be happy, though. We wouldn't really have a show if they went and did that. So, yeah. no conflict, no show. Uh, otherwise, it's just masturbation. Yeah.
0: So... Time rewinds back to when the demon showed up in the office.
2: Yep. Angel
0: just reaches out and pushes that button on, the, on his forehead. Beep. Boop. Boink. Dead. <laughs> oh. And Buffy's like, how'd you do that? How did you know to kill him like that? Yeah, he He's was like, a Mara oh,
2: demon. He was a Mara demon. Yeah. Didn't everybody know what a Mara demon is?
0: I read in my spare time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Derp-a-derp-derp. So then she uh, she goes back off to fuck off Bill. Also known as Sunnydale. When she gets there, she fucks off from there, too. And then she keeps fucking off until she gets back to L.A., and then she fucks off again. Buffy just jaunts right off to fuck-off land. Fuck-off land being Riley's pants. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> Ger-arg. Ger-arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength strength. <laughs> Night, <I shall> <laughs> <the earth. laughs> Hold
2: on. You've got something up. So my my first question here was f- about halfway through the episode. I was like, wait. So she's actually hooking up with Angel here, but I thought she was with Riley. But when I think back to the episode of Pangs, she hadn't really started dating Riley yet. No, no. She and didn't
0: really start dating Riley till about mid-season.
2: Yeah, so I was definitely confusing it with the episode where Angel comes back to Sunnydale and gets in a fight with Riley. Yeah. So that's another story for another time. Anyway, how did you feel about this episode, Rex?
0: I feel better about it
2: after talking about it.
0: Good. I thought it was shit when i finished the episode.
2: Well, parts of it absolutely were. Mostly because i
0: fucking hate it was all
2: a, a dream. dream. Yeah. I mean, it's not though. It's it's an alternate dimensional plane. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, like i get it.
0: I get it. This is a thing that will exist in the character that is Angel
2: for however long. Yeah. But it is it a just, cop out still. I feel like right. I really wish they could have just fucking let Buffy have that. You know what? Yeah. She deserved to have that as much as he did. That pisses me off that yeah. they took that from her character. She deserved yeah. that closure. Um, And I mean, she she it would have tortured her, too, knowing that she doesn't get to have that, even though she fantasized about him becoming human and them being able to be together all the time. But she'd have fucking gotten over it, and she'd have been stronger for it. Yeah, completely agree. And you know what? I feel like the writers, in a way, did the same thing to her character that they've been having Angel's character do to her this whole time. They daddied her. They said, we're going to not give you the choice about whether you get to deal with this, and we're just going to take that away from you altogether. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, writers. So... Thank you, Josh, for explaining how I feel about the episode. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. How do you feel about the episode? (laughs) I guess I feel about the same way, you know? I didn't really understand that I felt that way about it until right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It had some really good moments. It did.
0: The problem is the moments that were really good don't exist in this timeline
2: anymore. Yeah, except in Angel's head. That's really bothersome. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It was all a dream. Yeah. But also a good deal of the moving drama that happened in this episode came from Buffy knowing that she wasn't going to remember this anymore. But I feel like they could have achieved the same effect without taking the memory away from her. Yeah. There was a way to do it. And it was just by taking away Angel from her again.
0: Like I get that they they couldn't have too much emotional weight. Added on to Buffy in this episode because you can't necessarily have storyline bullshit happening in a show that the character is not on.
2: It would have made things weird over on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like
0: crossovers are cool and all, but you can't have too much of consequence on the crossover.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point.
0: But but from a character standpoint, yeah. Yeah. Buffy fucking deserved to have this. She really did. So, final assessment, it was a good episode that ended in such a way that fucked all the good that it did.
2: Yeah, basically. Oh, and also, this is absolutely the worst monster of the week they've had on Angel yet. Yes. Unquestionably. Fucking awful. Unquestionably the worst one. So what's your quote of the day, Rex? My
0: quote of the day is one we alluded to, but we didn't actually mention because we kind of glazed over the scene. After Angel becomes a real boy and they're downstairs having tea and crackers, Mm -hmm. Angel is like laying out all the circumstances of why they can't be together, why they shouldn't rush it, blah, blah. Um, Honorable mention is he's being all nitpicky about the reasoning and everything, and she says... Would you like to pull out a pie chart? <laughs> but the actual quote of the day is after that, when he says that we just got to wait, we can't We can't do anything now. Uh, she says, you know, it's a good thing I didn't fantasize about you turning human only about 10 zillion times. Because today would have been a real letdown. That was some serious sarcasm right there. That is... That is... Epic level sarcasm that you would have to be the chosen one to wield. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: like She's got a fucking PhD in sarcasm here. That was some hot sarcasm. Yeah.
0: As we have said before, sarcasm and one-liners are part of her superpower repertoire. Definitely. Okay, so what's your quote of the day?
2: I'm going to give a honorable mention to Buffy's line, It was rude. We should go kill it. <laughs> I did almost pick that one as well. (laughs) But my for real, for reals quote of the day goes to the Roman looking god woman. She says, you are wrong. This one is willing to sacrifice every drop of human happiness and love he has ever known for another. He is not a lower being. That quote right there, I felt summed up everything that is good about Angel. Yeah, And it was a very redeeming moment for him. For all the bullshit of his that we have to put up with, all the martyrdom, all the daddy, I'm doing this for your own good kind of shit, he still is a fucking amazing character.
0: He only ever really feels like a not great character when Buffy's in the mix, honestly. Right? And I think that's partly because... His character started off as just a cohort to Buffy's character. Mm-hmm. Like, he was an NPC, so to speak. Okay. He wasn't fleshed out. He didn't have depth and nuance when he first came into picture.
2: And I think we can see a lot of what River Crystal Sam was telling us about feeling like Buffy is being immature. Yeah. And I kind of agree a little bit. Like, she's really busting his balls here, yeah. where he's really just trying to do the right thing. And and, yeah, he's fucking it up constantly. He needed. He was being immature, too. Oh, He yes. never should have hidden his presence from her. There was no real good reason for that. She's not that fragile, dude. Right. Just fucking tell her, hey, you're in danger. I'm here to help. Oh, you don't want my help? Well, but I care about you, and I want to help. Or, all right, thanks, bye. I do want to say I want to give a strong
0: honorable mention to the writers of this episode, Mm -hmm. because if you're going to have Buffy Summers be a side character coming into your episode and just showing up, and you don't give her all the great one-liners, then you're doing something wrong,
2: and they did it right. (laughs) They gave her a delicious, plentiful amount of her classic one-liners. Yep. It was... Just right. And
0: it was also really fucking nice to get some Buffyism in there. I didn't fully assimilate the idea that this is a different show till this episode. Because having Buffy in the mix brings a little bit of what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is into this show. And it makes you realize just how different this show is in tone.
2: Yeah, because it felt like we were watching an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer not Angel, which means that Angel is a very different show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It also, I think, uh, has a lot to do with how startlingly ridiculous a screen presence Sarah Michelle Gellar is. She has some of the most amazing screen presence, because once she's in, in the fucking episode... She's a scene stealer.
2: Unquestionably. Definitely.
0: Every scene that Angel and Buffy were in, she Angel came in second place.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got his own presence, but she definitely tops him still. Oh, yeah. Even Charisma Carpenter on Twitter, somebody was saying, what do you think's the best TV show ever? Charisma Carpenter jumped on there and she was like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No question. It's like, you'd think she would vote Angel because she was a bigger part. Yeah. A bigger part on Angel. But no, she's still like, no, Buffy was better. And yeah, it's better. It is. We still love Angel and it's still part of the saga and part of the Buffyverse. But you know that's your clue in right there. It's part of the Buffy verse, not the Angel verse. Like,
0: okay, yeah, this is this is ale with Angel, but our podcast is officially titled "Beer with Buffy" for a reason.
2: Yeah, and I'm sticking with the dead synopsis until <laughs> you all accept it. Damn it!
0: Shove it down your throat, just like fucking Brussels sprouts. Yeah. You're gonna like the Brussels sprouts. It's good for you. <laughs> Water tastes good.
2: (laughs) And then she tagged me to a wall and stuck a ball in my mouth until I was 26 and a half years old. That's when I swore someday. (laughs) Wow, it's going off the rails quick. Yeah. The moral of the story here is I hate sauerkraut. sauerkraut. That's all I'm really trying to say. (laughs) You will like it. You will have Stockholm syndrome over the dad synopsis or. You know, I might just go back to the mom synopsis. But don't get your hopes up. (laughs) All right, guys. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Please, God. We're so low <laughs> on new reviews on iTunes and old reviews. I think we ran out of old reviews to read. We want to read your shit online. We really do. So <laughs> until we get more of those, we're going to punish you with messages from River Crystal Sam. And you're going to like it. <laughs> you're going to have Stockholm Syndrome about it. <laughs> Damn it. I,
0: I don't think that word means. I don't think you're using that the way it's supposed to be used. You are it, going it to
2: completely identify with your captor, <laughs> which is the dad character. <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure I'm using God. it just fine. So if you, <laughs> if you want to buy our stuff so that you can have stuff with the beer with Buffy logo on it, and maybe someday the L with angel logo on it, go on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com. If you would like to support us financially, but you don't want our junk cluttering up your room or your car or whatever, head on over to com and buy yourself a cat naming perk and then you won't have to deal with that pesky daily task of naming your kittens. (laughs) Because I know how much of a burden that is to all of you. You can always... Email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those questions, comments, or concerns over to our voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text them, because I know most of you probably have phone anxiety and you don't want us to hear your voice. I get that. It's infuriating, but I get it. So, uh, last but not least, big ol' thank you to JJ Treadway for all of our opening and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex.
0: watching this. <laughs>